Hello and welcome to the Short Stay Virtual Summit. I'm Elaine Watt and my next guest today is Chris Morn. Chris joins me from IPRAC, which is the verification platform that approves property owners and rental agencies around the world. Chris, welcome. How are you doing? Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to find out a little bit more about you and what's happening now with you. So first of Absolutely. all, tell us, tell us a bit about who you are, your background and, and how you got started in this industry. Okay, well, uh, my name is Chris Morn. I am the CEO and founder of IPRAC, which stands for International Property Rental Approval Certification. As you mentioned, we're a global verification platform and we launched in 2016. Prior to that, back in 2000, I set up my rental business. So we run a property management company in the south of France, where we manage a short of about 250 properties, where we are more focused on business and corporate rentals. So uh, we've been doing that for about 20 years. So IPRAC became a, a, a byproduct of that because of of the fraud that was coming into the industry. So IPRAC was kind of launched on the back of my experience of short-term rentals. So 20 years in the industry, not bad. <laughs> yes, definitely. 20 years is a yeah. lifetime of this industry. Hey, mm -hmm. So I bet you, you've got a lot of experience to share, which is absolutely brilliant. And, and as you say, operating out of the south of France with a rental management company, how have you been managing these times at the moment? How have you been assisting the owners in finding their way through this crisis in terms of handling conversations with booked guests? And, yeah. and how is the lockdown looking over in France? Well, as far as, I mean, where we are as a business, I mean, what happened was we kind of got noticed that everything was changing in March, which was our first festival, which was the Nipping, right. which, um, which was cancelled about, I think, around the 2nd of March. Right. Um, but the, the event was actually starting about the 14th, so it was only two weeks' notice. So that was kind of a little bit of a, a panic to the clients, to the owners, to the, to the whole industry. So that was a difficult time because we had to deal with clients and what, what's happening with our booking, what's happening with our money. And I think the key factor is from there was my leadership was to, to get the team together and just kind of explain to them that, look, we're not going to fix this overnight. And I think that's one of the key aspects of what you have to do with this when a crisis hits, it's to take a step back. Yeah. and assess the situation. So what we did was we looked at every client as an individual um, situation. So we couldn't put everybody in the same basket. So we had to look at all the options that we could offer in terms of refunds, cancellations, transferring of dates, credit notes. And we, what we did is we, we did a press release out to all of our clients, giving them the options and the benefits to each option. Because I think when you give somebody an option, it just confuses them a little bit more than because it's a lot to choose from. We don't know what's best. So we managed to give the benefits of which option because when we do accommodation, sometimes people say, you know what, a two bedroom apartment's quite easy to find. So we just want our money back and we'll rebook in the future. But an event venue, that's a little bit different because you can't just cancel it and bring it back and so we we looked at every individual case and then we dealt directly with the clients and we managed to transfer about 
just under about 800,000 euros of our March bookings over to March 21. Right. So that was about um, 85% of our revenue. The about 8% went into credit notes and the other percentage was refunded. So there were the three options. Yeah. And we managed to, to negotiate that with each client, with the owners, and it took us about three weeks. Yeah, I mean, and that's a, it's a lot of properties to get through, isn't it? And, and to have those yeah. sorts of, of outcomes to, to make as many people as, as happy as possible in the circumstances, because we are all in it together. It's not you versus them, exactly. as in us versus the guests. It's we're all in it together. And of course, with you, you've got the, the third part as well, which is the owner. So yes. there's, there's three people, three sets of you that need to be happy. And I think the key point you made there is that every single one is an individual basis. It just has to be dealt with that way. I think what's yeah. happened for a lot of people is they've been blanket put together as just this big group and just all classed as one thing. And they've had the yeah. same situation applied and it's been forcefully applied and it's just not been ideal for for anyone so that's that's brilliant that and i think as that. well is i think as well as that nobody's experienced this before oh. so there's not there's not somebody who's gone through i mean we've all gone through cancellations and we follow the contract to the cancellation we do our best to to re-rent and then refund or whatever but covid 19 was just a complete and utter panic and shock to everybody yeah. because it just put the whole travel and business sector in hospitality at a, at a standstill. So it was a, a, nobody's dealt with it, but I think a previous experience would help you understand that the best thing to do is to go slow. Yeah. And that's what we did. So yeah. it was that's, very important to take a step back. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's really, really great way of handling things. So thanks for sharing your experience there. And I think as well, something that's, that's really important to, to think about is we've managed to, a lot of us, as you have managed to save like 85% of the bookings, they've not gone, but they have been moved to next year. So that's next year has already been taken up, but this year remains empty. So a lot of your owners are going to be losing a lot of their income. So what, what is the feeling with regards to that? Are, are your owners going to survive? Are they going to close? What, how are they feeling? What are they some saying? will. Some will survive. Some won't. Some, um, without a doubt, some won't because, I mean, it depends on, you know, we've got a, a range of different property owners. Some of them we have got, like, big penthouses on the closet and some of them are kind of, like, unencumbered so their property owners yeah. don't have any credit or mortgages on their property. So when they rent, it's just a bonus. Some of them only rent for a five or six weeks of the year for the film festival or the Cannes Lions and generate a hundred thousand. So they're in a short period of time. So some owners, they're not looking, you know, they can survive a year. It's like, okay, it's, it's not ideal, but we can survive a year. But a lot of owners who are more on the, the lower tier end of maybe just like a standardized one bed, two bed, three bedroom apartment, they've probably bought that as an investment property. And that would require to generate incomes on a, on a monthly basis to be able to pay the credit. So I think they're the ones who are gonna be affected the most. But what we were able to do with a lot of our owners was because we're transferring the money over to 21, they're obviously, we're, allow, we're allowing them to keep that money on their account, right. which gives them the, 22, the 20 money, but they're gonna deliver the service in 2021. So we've had to be able to advise them how to do that 
to be able to not look at surviving 2020, but then failing in 2021 and not being able to deliver the service that you've been paid for in 2020, if that makes sense. So yeah. we've got to give, we've designed a very detailed, um, if you want to call it a guide, yeah, I suppose it's a guide to our owners where we've advised them how they can survive such a time in terms of how to close down their property, not, not spend money on marketing when there's no, when there's no business out there and, you know, just how to use as well the government help in putting their electricity bills and water bills on hold for a period of time. So just giving them the advice, but I mean, some people aren't going to be able to survive it. And that's just, that's just what's going to happen. I mean, a crisis of this magnitude is going to have, it's going to have its victims, isn't it? And, I, Most definitely. and you know, and the problem is that it's not so much a problem, but old owners will leave the platform, will leave the industry mm. and new ones will come in. That's true. And, and this is what's going to happen as things change. But um, we, we, we're doing our best with, and when we've built our business here in Cannes, we work very closely with the owners. So we're not like a, a, a company that goes and lists, you know, 20, 30 properties a week and just try to get maximum commissions. We specifically work with owners who we know are in financial stability. They've got quality properties. We're booking some of our properties on three-year contracts. So we're very tight. Yeah. And as we were speaking off camera, we learned a lot of that experience from back in 2008. Yeah. To have multiple properties of no control. It's to have minimum properties with more control over your owners so you can work together as a team. We class our owners as part of our business, as part of our team. Yeah. And we communicate with them on a monthly basis, explain to them what we're doing. So we kind of try to bring them into more like the family um, mentality so that they don't feel that they need to be looking elsewhere for rentals and incomes so we can kind of keep a knit. So we kind of believe that if owners stay with us, we'll stay with them and we'll get through it together. That's the Perfect. kind of mentality that we've given you. Brilliant. And, and as you say, you've, you've learned that that's the way your business needs to be from going through difficult times in the past. As you mentioned back in 2008, I know you've got experience in disaster recovery. You've yes. navigated really challenging situations before. So I, I know you're going to be able to share some great mm -hmm. advice on the steps that managers and owners should be taking right now to come Absolutely. out on the other side thriving. So, so we've got off to a great start with that. Where do you think people should really be focusing now with looking towards moving out of the other side i think the i think the the, the key factor is i mean if, like if you're speaking to property managers and owners i think the most important factor to to concentrate on right now is where are you as a business right. really make that self-assessment of where you are because if and then be honest with where you are because i think there's a lot of people out there that are not being honest of where they are. They're saying that they can survive it, but are they really looking at the figures? Are they really doing the right, you know, like crisis management to be able to get through it? So you've got to sit back and make a, an honest analysis of where you are as a business and then accept it. Because as we all know, if you're not ready to accept the situation, you're not ready to move forward. So, and that's not just in business, that's in life and many other aspects. So it's very important that we have to, understand where we are as a business and then accept it and i believe that people should be concentrating on putting their business into a flow of a map 
which we call a P&L. You know, your profit and loss. So, so many people I speak to, they don't even know what a P&L is. And that's frightening. So you've got to be able to put your business P&L so you know what the future looks like and you know where your expenses are and you know where your incomes are coming from. So you do know what you need to do. A P&L tells you everything about your business. And I mean, I, I love looking at P&Ls. They're like, I look, you know, it might, be, might sound a bit sad, but I just love watching a P&L because you can see the floor and you can see, and then when you put your actuals in, you can actually see whether you were close to your, your, your projection. And, and I think knowing your business is where you need to be right now because that means you can say, we need to leave four staff. I know people today, they've let 10 staff go when if they'd looked at a P&L and understood their business um, in, a, in a more strategic way, they probably could have let go four. Right. Yeah. You understand? Like, yeah, like, Airbnb, like Airbnb have just come out and said, right, we're letting go 1,900 staff. I mean, I'm a big believer in thinking that, that, that should have took longer. I don't know how you can just pick, up, pick that number because they were doing a job. So how, how can, the, how can the, the, the existing people take over their roles? Just, you know, so I think you've got a, a P&L and your expenses and your expenditure will tell you all about that. And you can see whether you need to, you know, do you take everybody off or do you put everybody on part time? Do you, you know, do you find out who can survive, who's got families, yeah. who's single? I'm not saying that, you, but you have to look at the whole bigger picture of being able to know that what's best for your business. And P&L will tell you that. So I would advise people today is to get an 18 month P&L forecast in place if you don't know how to do one find somebody who does, get it done, and, and use that as your bedtime reading. Like really know it inside out. Inside out, inside yeah. out. You'll know everything, how much you're spending, how much you spent on cleaning last, the, the month before, and 12 months before if, you, if you've got P&Ls for, for all of your previous years. Mm. But if you're doing a future one, it'll tell you everything. How much you're spending on marketing, how much you're spending on your office rental. Do you need that? Because it, a lot of businesses have got too many fixed costs and it's variable costs you need to be working under because when a crisis happens, variable costs, you can kind of say, we don't need that service right now. We put it on hold and there's nothing to pay. Yeah. But if you're paying, you've got fixed costs, you can't just get out of them contracts. So that, that invoice is going to come in that needs paying. You can't just get out of it. So you've got to manage your business in as minimum fixed cost as possible, but it should all be on your P&L. That makes perfect sense. And, and now is the time when you've got all those figures in front of you. This is the time when you've got the time to decide what actually do I need? Because I know myself and, and a few others that I've spoken to before, it's quite easy to get dragged in to think, oh, that's an amazing new thing. I need that. My guests need that. And you, yes. you end up with things that actually maybe you've turned out not to be that valuable uh, and it's not really improved the guest experience or really made my life easier as the manager so now's the time to start thinking about what is the most important thing would you agree with that as well absolutely because i mean we're, we're kind of like it's like the chessboard's been thrown up you know when you lose them it's one of that scenario you know and it's kind of reset the whole situation so that now you have to look at where are the bookings going to come from? I mean, that, this is where you've got to, it's, you know, investing in, in technology or things that you can put in your apartment for guest experience 
shouldn't shouldn't be your focus right now. You have to your focus right now should be where you're going to bring the revenue in through guests. And I think you have to look at it and and try to get this experience from events like what you're holding now, so that people can advise them where they think the future is. Because I believe the future, the first part of this industry is going to be domestic travel. It's the first thing that's going to come back. So you want to be looking at how you can get people within your own country to visit your own, your destination. So a lot of destination management is going to be a massive, people need to study destination management. If you don't know what destination management is, then um, start studying it because that's going to be a key factor into how you can develop people from, from getting people from the north of England, for example, down to the south. Why would they come down to the south? We all know that short-term rentals operates on destination accommodation experience. So you always choose the destination before the accommodation. You decide where you're going first. Then you decide where you're going to stay. So destination is key. So I was speaking to somebody yesterday about their properties in Brighton. And I was saying to them, there's probably... 600 people up in the north of England who've never been to Brighton. So how are you going to get them? Yeah, how are you going to tell you know, them how good it is down here? Yeah, so how do you, so destination marketing is not putting out posts about how good your property is. It's putting out posts how good Brighton is. And what can, what, what, and does that family have children? What's good for children in Brighton? What, what itinerary could you look at for a weekend in Brighton? Then you sell the accommodation as a secondary, which is what destination marketing is. And I think, if people can understand destination marketing, they'll be able to capture the staycation um, marketing of, of that kind of market, you know, families. And I do believe city centre holidays as well are not going to be as big. I think it's going to be more nature, seaside resorts, where people can get out and, and walk along promenades and beaches and, and that rather than city centre and that type of event. So destination yeah. marketing is a good, uh, is a good start. That's a, that's a really good point you just made, actually, about city centres, because we actually don't really know what city centres are going to be like. Well, they're forward. not going to be, people are going to be too wary of being in a confined, mm. confined space. I mean, even after, listen, we all know that we've all had, if you do something for a week, it doesn't really get time to navigate into your brain chemistry, you know. So you, if you've been in confinement or lockdown for two months, you know, you, you're not going to just run out the house and start hugging everybody. No. <laughs> your, brain's, your brain's already focused on something different. It's telling you yes, not definitely. to do that. Yeah, so, you, you know, so I think when you start to think, I don't want to be in cinemas, I don't want to be in restaurants, I want to be outdoors having barbecues, that's the, where the mentality is. And that's just your brain telling you. It's your subconscious mind. It's not, it's not um, it isn't rocket science. It's what everything you've seen on the TV for the last two months. Yeah. It's what people are talking about it. No shaking hands, no hugs, no this, masks. So beaches and open spaces are where people are going to want to go to first yeah. off. So you've got to get that trend. So I think city centres like hotels, city centres will struggle. And also short-term rentals who will concentrate on city centre rentals will also struggle. Yeah, that's a, some really good points you make there. And, and yes, destination management, as you say, if people can start focusing on that now, they have got the extra time. Now's the time to start really becoming an expert on your area. Yeah, it's quite cheap. It's just yeah. destination marketing is quite cheap. It's just knowledge. And I think knowledge of, of how, how you can tell somebody from, say, who lives in Durham 
how would they get to Brighton? It's like, okay, you go and you go and look at the train time schedule for them and put it into a schedule. You would get in, you'd leave Durham at three o'clock, you'd get into Brighton at six o'clock. Oh, really? You're taking that, you're taking that work away from the consumer. You're making it easy for the consumer to go, let's go to Brighton. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you do that work for them. Where would they stay? Where would they go? What's good for couples? What restaurants or what? You know, that's what it's all. That's what they want to see. And then they'll book your property because that's where they're going. Yeah, absolutely. Really good advice. Thanks so much for sharing your journey through some very, very challenging situations and, and just showing us the way that you've got your business set up, the way you talked about that at the beginning. You can really see how these experiences that you've gone through over the years have really made sure that your business has, has got to the stage that it's at and it's really tight and you have got those really good relationships with your yes. owners. So thank you for that. And I think there's a lot of food for thought for people to take away. And let's have a chat now from the, the rental fraud side of things, which, of course, as you said, IPRAC has come out of, of, again, your time within the industry over the last 20 years. What effects yeah. do you think the lockdown has had with regards to rental fraud? I mean, nobody's traveling at the moment. So I really do hope that a lot of rental fraudsters are, are struggling out there at the yeah. moment. But of course, they, yeah, exactly. I mean, they always come back, don't they? Um, but they're planning now. Yeah, absolutely. We're planning, they're planning. They're planning. So, without a doubt. Absolutely. Doubt. So I mean, how, how do you think, how important do you think that regulation and accreditation will be in the post-lockdown post travel industry? I mean, it depends on what you're accrediting. I mean, I think um, certainly with the fraud side of it, like we just said, you know, they're planning to to they'll be building their fake websites right now. They'll be looking at all of these technical logos that are out there that they can put onto these fake websites. They'll be looking at, there seems to be a big uproar right now in cleaning standards. Yeah. And you know, that seems to be kind of a huge thing right now with anybody following procedures on checklists of cleaning and different yeah. things, which, which, I think is, which I think is good, but I mean, it should have been there anyway. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, so so it's not in you. I mean, you can't start saying, "Oh, we clean our what you didn't before." <laughs> yeah, not a great <laughs> advert. Yeah, it's not a great advert. It's like we 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 clean our properties thoroughly. It's like what you didn't before. Yeah, I've, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like a. a you have to be very careful. How yeah, you, I was going to say it's got to be worded very very carefully. Very very carefully. So yes. and then all of a sudden it's like, what products are you using and different things like that. So there's a lot of accreditations who are looking at quality of standards. And I don't really think right now that's going to be on people's forefront of their, of their business because, listen, we've done a lot of polls with consumers um, to try to understand what consumers look for in a short-term rental. It's our job at IPAC to understand that as a brand, to understand what consumers want. And we know a lot of consumers, they don't say, oh, we just want a really, really, really clean don't say it they, yeah. you know they don't say it. they say yeah. like we want to make sure it's there when we get there we want to make sure we get the keys we want to make sure it is the apartment that we booked but generally cleaning and leaving certificates that this this apartment's being cleaned to a high standard it doesn't really give the client any you know i mean they don't know it's being done they're not there when the cleaners are doing the work so they don't know they're just taking your word for it 
Absolutely. So right, you know, so right now, I think the accreditation right now is important to be looking at verification like what IPRAC does is because that verifies you as legitimate. Absolutely. And as we move, as we move into a new landscape of short-term rentals, it's clear that a lot of marketing, a lot of hosts and owners are looking to, to not be involved so heavily in OTAs and booking.com, Expedia, Airbnb, because they just feel that they don't have that control. Absolutely. As we know with, you know, the catastrophic errors that Airbnb made and just refunding the, the clients. That's that blanket sweep of yeah, I mean, cancellations. Yeah, completely wrong. Um, and I think that's kind of put the mindset of some a lot of the property managers and hosts in the we need to start building a direct booking business. And as I've always advocated, a direct booking business is the way forward for any short-term rental business because you have more control, you earn more money, you have better, you can offer a better experience because you're in direct contact and you can probably offer more benefits to the, your, your guest with direct contact and direct booking. But if you can't showcase trust and confidence for your consumer to want to book with you with confidence and pay you directly, then you're not going to get that booking. They're going to head back to booking.com and pay more money because they have the trust through booking.com or Airbnb. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and if you're thinking as well, when we were talking about cleaning, even though cleaning might not be the forefront of people's minds as owners, looking at what guests are going to want in terms of check-in, and that's very possibly going to go towards hands-off check-in. So no person-to-person -person contacts. There's going to be maybe um, keypads, key collections, all of those different things. That's even more trust that people are having to put in this booking because they, and they already know ahead of time, I don't actually want to meet this person. I just yes. want to get into the property. So that's yeah. another thing to think about, even, even additional trust. Yeah, of course, because I mean, that's a, like I said, in these polls, when we ask all of the consumers, they all say that the reason why they use booking platforms is because they trust them. Yeah. And they've, they feel that they've got somebody they can call if something goes wrong. And, and that's just the confidence that booking.com and Airbnb have created through billions of dollars and pounds of investment. Yeah. So they've gone into that in people, you know, they, they trust them brands, big brands build trust. That's what they, that's what they sit around the big directors tables and discuss. How do we build consumer trust? That's what it's all about. So as an individual, how do you showcase trust and confidence to your potential customer? Yeah. And that's through IPRAC. I mean, that's what exactly what IPRAC does because you've gone through an approval process that you've verified as legitimate and we offer the consumer a full guarantee on all of their payments to that member. Right. So you, if you come IPRAC approved, that's probably the most important verification or accreditation to concentrate on right now because that's the one that's going to bring you in the bookings yeah. conversion rate because we all know that the most important number in short-term rentals is your conversion rate percentage too many people are spending too much money on marketing to direct to drive the traffic to their own website but they're not able to convert it and they're not converting it because of trust and confidence Right. So they're wasting money on marketing. I mean, that's the whole point. You've got to get your trust and confidence on point so you can convert the inquiry into a rental because they trust you. So I would right. say to people, look at verification first. 
And, you know, I mean, the thing is, IPAC's the leader and there isn't anybody else doing what we do. So there's not really many platforms to go and look around. Yeah. So, and I think what we've achieved so far in the industry is providing that, which is why we've got the members we have to date and we've got the respective, that logos are respected within the, within the, within the consumer marketing of what people do. So Absolutely. I think that's where, that, that's where people should concentrate for me, but accreditation for things like cleanliness and quality and health and safety, they will come. But I believe that it's the government have to make it a standard because if, if you're not going to make it a standard, then hosts are not going to get it if they don't need it. That's true. Yes. Yeah, so because it's in, because I was, listen, at the end of the day, as a host, you've got to look at what I'm going to invest in or a property manager, what I need, I need to know that that's going to be, an investment that's going to bring money back into the business. So if we've got a, like, for instance, IPRAC logo, that's going to help you convert. So that's a good investment. If you've got a cleaning logo, is that going to convert a potential guest to, you know, because every, everybody's got that cleaning logo, you know, different to anybody else. So I think you've got to be careful about what you're trying to get accredited for. But I think that will come in when the governments and all of the associations like the STEA and the in Carlos of the you know the European Housing Association, they are going at the governments to make the governments think and say, make this official policy. Once it becomes official policy, fantastic. But until it becomes official policy, you're just selling it to hosts who don't they're not going to invest in it because they don't they don't have to pay for it. They don't want to pay That's for it. it. Got it. So, so if you if we were to, to look at this in a in a nutshell, people are now going to need to, as owners, focus on destination marketing and building up their own bookings themselves. But in order to be able to build the millions of pounds worth of trust, which we obviously don't have, which the bigger companies have created themselves, something that we can actually do as individuals is get on board with IPRAC and just prove to owners that, uh, sorry, prove to guests that we exist, yeah. that we're well, here and there. So what is, yeah. what is the process involved uh, to get going with IPRAC? Well, if you wanted to become IPRAC approved, we offer two types of membership. So there's rental managers or rental agents and private property owners. So if you go onto the IPRAC website, you'll see that you can join, you click on the, on the section that suits your business. And then you follow the application process. There's, there's the application side, which we create a lot of your information. And then there's the supporting document side, which we need specific documents, data, that we can use to put through our technology to then convert into an approval before we can say, yes, you've been approved. So we approve things like the proof of ownership, that we, we study the bank account, so we can list the last five digits of the bank account that you accept rental payments into we we'll check that the email address that you're communicating with your guests with so that you know fraudsters are not saying oh jump off the platform you know so we verify the telephone number the email the bank account the proof of ownership the proof of address the social media accounts and we've got a lot of other th hidden things in there that we've which technology helps us to of course, to, of course. To do, which is, 
what we call the secret sauce. I was, I was just going to say that, exactly the same thing. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> the secret background sauce that goes kind of, there. Yeah. yeah, got it. Which we develop all of the time, you know, which we, which we constantly develop because we need to. Yes. We, can't, we can't sit on the fence and say that our, our technology is always up to date. We're always looking to improve in well, certain technology to, to make it. So if you're legitimate, you will pass. Absolutely, yeah. That's the, that's the key. But a yeah. fraudster wouldn't pass. There's yeah. too many variables that they would have to jump through and they wouldn't, they wouldn't even try. Yeah. They wouldn't yeah, even absolutely. load the passport, so they're, they're gone. Yeah, so amazing. So what we're trying to do is we're trying with iPack is we can sit there. If you can imagine right now, it's just a pool of people who are operating within the STR short-term rental industry. Nobody knows in that pool who's legitimate and who's not. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much where we are right now. So if you can go into that pool and pick out who's an IPRAP member and put them over here, yeah. that means you've got everybody here and all the trustworthy ones over here. And that's all we're trying to do. We're trying to get all of the good ones over here and leave all the fraudsters over here. And that's what we're doing. And that's how we can build confidence because the logo is accepted within the industry as the logo of confidence. So yeah, you just need to take your time to invest in it. But we'll speak about that in a minute because we've yes. talked about the initiative, but <laughs> don't even need to invest in it right now. You can get it for free. Yeah. I mean, this is the most amazing part that I've just been try trying to like gradually build up to just so, <laughs> so if you're watching, you really do understand what it is that's actually available to you here as somebody that you, now you understand how important it is that trust is, is one of the key factors that we use in our marketing as individuals moving forward. So instead of me going on anymore, Chris, <laughs> tell us what's happening in May with IVAC. Yes. Well, basically what we decided to do was we sat down our board, and uh, the management sat down and we decided that we wanted to give back to the STR industry and how we could do that. And what we thought was this is the time when we were trying to explain to people don't be investing in money that you don't have. And we thought that if we brought the IPRAC platform to these property managers and owners for free for 12 months, it will give them an opportunity to test verification, to see how it works, as a as a as a tool and also to for us to give back to the industry and help help people help the direct booking industry move forward through trust and confidence but just to help people get on throw some positivity into this mess you know because right now it's, there's been a lot of negativity around about what's happening and and i think just yeah being able to give something away for free with no you know, no kind of like hidden data in the background saying, oh, you have to, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to commit to year two. If you fail after year one, it didn't bring you enough value, then okay, fine. But we do know that that won't be the case because if, yeah. if you use, if you use iPrac to its, for what it's used for, then it will convert and you will, you, you will see the value in it over 12 months anyway. So, Incredible. Yeah, so the initiative is that you can join for free through the month of May. And we've allocated, I think it was 2,500 memberships. And we've already, within the first seven days of launching the initiative, we had 1,800 requests. What? Oh yeah. my gosh. But it's free, isn't it? So I mean, I, but yeah. I, mean I'm, I'm, I am out there saying, get on board. You know, don't, yeah. you know this is a, a fantastic opportunity. It's like something that would normally cost an agent 899 pounds 399 pounds for an owner 
it's free, get on board, you're just going to have to spend half an hour to 45 minutes going through the application, your supporting documents. But once that's done, we do the rest. And then you get your logo and you can start putting it out there. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't see a better initiative out there right now. And that's not me blowing my own trumpet or I practice trumpet, but you show me a better one and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll agree. But yeah. I don't see anything out there. I see 30% off, 50% off, six months free, but 12 months free, that is, it's, not, it's not out there. Yeah, that's absolutely huge. Absolutely yeah. amazing. So thank you very much for, for taking the time to come and tell us all about that. And, and I do think that if this is something you've considered in the past, or maybe you've not even heard of anything like this as an owner before, um, now's the time to give it a go. Because it doesn't just, you've got the time, first of all, to spend that mm -hmm. half an hour. You know you're going to have to have something like this in place moving forwards to build that trust, to help build that trust and build your own bookings moving forwards and I do feel that something like this is going to help the industry as a whole because the more every individual stands up and does the right thing and says brings up the standards makes something better you know really puts their head up and says yeah I'm going to do this properly and this this again just brings the standards of the whole industry up so if yeah. it's something you've considered or not not even heard of do it now's the time to do it so, so how can how can people access the, the the payment wave well if you go on to the iprac website which is www.i-prac.com there's a button on the home page which says covid covid19 rebuild initiative it's a white button not this long and you click on that and it takes you to the to the page where you fill in the form and then we'll send you the wave code and then you can start your application with that code. So very, very simple. Amazing. I think one of, one of the things that I, I like to say to, to, to property managers and hosts is try to put yourself in the position of a consumer. Don't think because you know that you're a trustworthy person that other people are automatically going to think that they can trust you because it doesn't work like that. So we always say to people, well, how would you like to open your conversation with a potential guest? For your information, just so you know, we're actually iPrac approved, so we're, you can 100% trust who we are. Or you open it with, would you like to book with us? It's a completely different dialogue because straight away that consumer's going, ah, trust, I like it, I love it. Where can we find out more about this iPrac and book it and register our booking and get the guarantee of the payment? And I think that's why uh, hosts and property managers should be getting on board so they can open their conversations with that, have their logo on their homepage. We've invested in iPrac for your well-being, to help you trust in us. And I think that's what, because we always say at iPrac, the, the journey of and the experience of a booking should start when you pay, not when you arrive. Yeah. So if somebody's paying you in February for a rental, let's say in July, there's a lot of anxiety between that February to, to July because, you know, they don't know who you are. You know, is, are we get there? Oh, God, I don't know. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of, you know, worry. And what, that, what IPRAC does is it just takes all the anxiety and worry away because they, they know that they book through somebody who's been third-party verified by an industry standard. And that's, that's all that person wants to know. So they can go down to their local pub or restaurant with their friends and go, yeah, we're going there in July, but oh, yeah, but we've booked through an iPad member, it's all good. And it just makes the whole experience, and that's important as well. So it's important property managers offer that 
tranquility to their consumers by saying, don't have any anxiety or worry, we're IPRAC approved. And that's a, that's, that's a huge benefit. It's a huge selling point for you as a business. And yeah, and like you say, I just think that, um, you know, it's free with the initiative and I just think people should get on board for sure. Yeah, most definitely. That, that's absolutely huge what you're offering here. So thank you very, very much for coming in and telling us about it and being part of the Short Stay Virtual Summit. Thank you. It's, no, it's my pleasure. It's, it's fantastic. I really enjoyed talking to you today and finding out about the background of your business, what you're seeing today, and of course, this amazing initiative. Now, anyone watching today, you do make sure you join the Facebook group for the Short Stay Virtual Summit because we will be able to continue the chat inside there. You will also be able to leave your email address inside there. I know that I've very kindly had some wave code sent across to me as well. So if you're already in the Facebook group or there's something you're considering, head over to that Facebook group, find it online, come and have a chat with me and you can either get one of my codes. If I've still got some left, if they've all been swiped up on the IPRAC website, then uh, <laughs> yes, I've got some secret codes as well, which is absolutely fantastic. Yes. But thank you once more, Chris. I hugely appreciate it. And hopefully I will get to meet you in person at some stage post lockdown when everything I'm sure will be I hope bouncing so. back. We'll have, that right. glass of, uh, we'll have that glass of wine we've been Exactly. <laughs> All thank right, you, nice to talk to you. See you soon. Yeah, you too. Bye you for now. Care. Cheers. All right, bye. Thank you. Bye bye.